This is the Content Recruiter Podcast. Hey folks, we are on episode number 14. Nay, we are flying along on this really? journey. 14-1-4. Oh my gosh. The, uh, the, the pod is trending up too. Yeah. People are liking it. Yeah, people are listening. I think we um I think we hit nearly a thousand listens on the dashboard as of this week. Incredible. Yeah, it's quite cool, isn't it? 14 episodes. So um yeah, I'd like to put it down to our humor, wit, intelligence, but I'm just gonna say it's because you brought a huge audience for three years of creating content on LinkedIn. So hey, hey, to be fair, to be fair, your your audience uh I think your audience is is more engaged than my audience. Yeah. I think it's the same audience, by the way. <laughs> but I think uh, you have a fresh people. voice that people, yeah, yeah. people it for sure is that people uh, that are really people are just really liking it. It's great. It's awesome. So it is uh, awesome, and we 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 say this every week. But I'm really enjoying it. It's it's genuinely my favorite part of the week now from a work perspective. And um, but it's not really work, is it? Uh, it's this can't be chatting. Um, but yeah, episode 14, and um, and the topic we landed on for this week, we, if you've listened to other shows, you you realize by now that we do very, very little prep for this, and we just go straight in on like, trending topics from the week before, based on what we've seen in the feed or what people have, have spoken about in the industry. And, um, and the topic this week is whether teams get eaten up by strategy too much, and it cripples their ability to actually get stuff done. So, yes, I think this is kind of interesting. We, um, you probably, you probably don't see this as much as me. Actually, I, I obviously, I worked as a freelancer and or still work as a freelancer whilst whilst growing the um, little side hustle over here. But when you are going into different companies as a freelancer and you get um, and you want to share different ideas on what companies should be doing to build attention and awareness on their um, on their roles or their employer brand. <sighs> Um, <laughs> even I didn't enjoy saying that. Um, I, you, you, uh, you get into this. What's the what's the strategy conversation, right? So, you go into companies and you say, "Look, I think we should try and build a podcast." And usually, the strategy is the same in most companies in terms of the structure. So, one long form piece of content, chop it up, micro content, content, uh, content for the feed, yada yada yada. Um, but you always end up in this spot where they're like, okay, this sounds great. Can you put a strategy together for the next three, six, nine, 12 months through to year five? Um, or who's going to come on this journey? Who do we need to bring on? What budget do we need? All this stuff. And I'm coming from usually quite a scrappy place where, you know, I don't really think about any significant budgets because like, well, <laughs> how much does this podcast cost to put together? You know, we're like less than a hundred hundred dollars or a hundred pounds or something like whatever the that nothing basically it's cost nothing. It's basically nothing right next to nothing um <clears throat> and so i think a lot of people get consumed by this idea that the strategy has to be really really strong before you do stuff discuss yeah. discuss okay all right i'm gonna take a step back here i'm gonna go i'm gonna look at uh the this idea of selling a long-term strategy play 
to a function, which is recruiting that who's, I don't even want to call it the primary responsibility. I think it is whose only responsibility is to get results now, right? So you have two competing um, ideas here or two two competing goals. So it's like, okay, we're going to build a long-term strategy to (laughs) help, which is like... uh, which is in opposition to helping somebody achieve a short-term result, um, right? And so uh, I, it kind of hit me and, and admittedly, you know, like I've, uh, my, my thoughts have evolved and continue to evolve a lot on, on this stuff. And so, um, you know, if I, if I were to look back at like my, let's say some of my posts on LinkedIn from a couple of years ago, I probably, I'd cringe for sure. It'd be like all stuff that like I probably don't even believe in anymore. But that's just because I've I've learned and seen more and more and more to you know they evolve and get to the point that I'm at right now. And so I'm thinking about this from like a this like strategic aspect and how I think there's like inside of companies, you have these like two competing goals. You have some people whose job is to build a long-term like we'll call it a brand strategy that is in hopes of helping a recruiting team achieve better results. But the, the only thing that recruiting team cares about is like, well, how can I do my job better today? Yeah. Um, so that gets me to that, that, that like got me to this place of like, I don't think I, I think that's one why recruiting thinks employer branding is largely a bunch of BS because it's like, okay, you're, you know, you employer brand person, team, idea, industry keeps talking to me about like building this long-term brand play. And like, I need to fucking fill a role today. And so um, going back to like something that you and I have like really started to like, you know, talk about a lot here is like, how do we, maybe we just scrap this idea of this long-term play and continually adopt a scrappy mindset to continually start, start producing and distributing things quickly, inexpensively that can create results, not just today, but also create these valuable feedback loops that you're, that you're talking about. So we can learn and improve and scale Etc. So I'll stop there. Yeah, <clears throat> I've been um, I've been thinking a lot about this about um, the lack of alignment between between how recruitment teams operate today and the expectation from brand as well. Yeah, yeah. To the point where I've even been questioning, like, what brand even is anymore? Genuinely, like, and I, and I get it. I get. You know, there are some incredible companies out there that exist off their name and their brand and their identity and their values and all these all these things, but there aren't many, are there? No, no, there aren't many. You know, if, if some brands fell off the face of the earth tomorrow, you'd be like, that's big. Like Apple, Disney, 
Lego, Nike. <laughs> like you're talking how many? I don't know. It's ridiculous to put a number on it, so let's not do that. But you're talking companies with powerful, powerful brands that have been like cascading around the market for decades where they've reached this level of scale where just everyone knows who they are by seeing mm-hmm. a quarter of their logo. Yeah. I think putting people in this position of employer brand and asking them to go away and create this like synonymous feeling in the market where they become the employer of choice in that space is deluded. Yeah. But this happens, this happens on eight, you know, you you, did this all the time. You constantly hear that, that, that little phrase, we want to become the employer of choice in our space. And it's, it's just utter delusion, isn't it? It, 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 it really is. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, now I'm wondering if it's, um, if it's just like anything where companies will do it because they just don't know any better and they think it's just like the thing you do. It's just like, okay, that kind of like conceptually makes sense. We should market ourselves as an employer. So we should have this role that like does these things over, you know, in, you know, these like longer term uh, things that talk about culture and this high level stuff. And, you know, and in the, in the meantime, our recruiting team is going to be like getting the job done. Right. That that's like, that's kind of like what's happening here. And uh, in it doesn't feel like companies and the people inside these companies are really looking at the realities of this and going like, okay, how, how are those two ideas competing against each other? Because you can say like, okay, one is here to support the other, but, but that's not what's happening. And the reason it's not happening is because they're running in opposite directions. And one is trying to sell an idea to the other that that isn't aligned with their, with their objectives. Um, which, which now, if you, if you look at what happens on the sales and marketing side, one of the biggest differences is sales and marketing are two very distinct functions. Everybody knows whether you're inside of a company or you're an outside observer, you know well enough what a sales team does and what a marketing team does. Like, those are now built in into the professional world. And yeah. those, those two functions, you know, there's a whole separate argument that goes on about how sales and marketing teams aren't aligned and how, you know, they argue internally and all this kind of stuff. But let's just set that aside and go that there's one thing that's for sure is that at least conceptually, the sales team knows that the marketing, marketing team's activities are designed to drive leads to them so they can close more deals and yeah. make more money for themselves and for the company. And that does not happen on the recruiting side. And then if you, if you uh, take this to another level, in many companies who haven't reached a certain size uh, or like level of maturity, that marketing component is not there. So what you have is you have a recruiting team. You don't have a recruiting team plus 
a recruitment marketing team. So you have now recruiters who need to be this like two-headed monster, right? They need to try to figure out a way to both like market themselves, their company, job opportunities, and at the same time, sell those things. And so, which actually, I used to get frustrated about that. And now I think it's a golden opportunity. And the golden opportunity is the fact, is what, what you and I always come back to, is the fact that recruiters are the best one, are, are best equipped to play both the marketing and the sales role. Yeah. It's just how they go about and do they, they go about doing it. And I think what has been happening in the world of employer branding has been pointless and largely ineffective. So if we get super tactical, sorry, go ahead. What do you feel? What, what, how do you feel about employer brand at the moment? I, f- I feel like it's a, I feel like it's unnecessary as a, as a, um, as an actual role function, whatever. And that's hard. And, and like, you know, part of me, like a little bit, it's hard for me to say that because I know a lot of like talented people. I do. Like I, I, when I say like a lot, like I, I would consider like that I that that number to be like you know like pretty substantial like some people who like know their stuff at great companies and I'm not saying like I don't want them to have jobs but I just think that there's a better approach how do you, how do you feel employer brand feel about employer brand at the moment how do you feel like the the people within that space feel about it yeah I had to stop myself from <laughs> I had to stop myself from saying the word practitioners then because I keep seeing this word practitioners all over the place when it comes to an employer mm. brand. And that, that word is kind of like, it just, it takes me back to the eighties, which is kind of ironic because I feel like that's where most are still operating today, but yeah, it does. When I hear the word practitioner, it just makes me feel like a, a doctor's surgery or something. You know what I mean? So that just I maybe, maybe that's just made weird as hell, but how yeah. do you think employer brand practitioners feel about employer brand today, Nate? They feel, I think they feel, uh, I think they feel frustrated and mm. I feel, I think that, uh, I think we feel undervalued, they feel don't they? Undervalued, ineffective, yeah. um, you know, that kind of a thing, uh, because there, it, it's a very, very tough role, um, to be in and, and most, most of these roles are underutilized or they're not, you know, they're, uh, they're just like working on the wrong things. Um, and so I know that frustration definitely is there. Um, but like, I want to talk about tactically, like, what does this actually mean? Um, yeah. Because I think like, you, you know, I saw, <laughs> this is like a little bit of a side note, but, it's, but I'll bring it back. I saw this post, maybe you came across it. I should have shared it with you. Um, it was this guy, he's in the UK and he was talking about how recruiters are going to go away because of like web three and NFTs. And I didn't know what, what he actually meant uh, because I don't know a lot about that space, but it was, it was a bunch of like words like that. And that was his reasoning why recruiters are gonna go away. Yeah. And like, you, you know, in the space of web three or crypto or NFTs or whatever, which I, again, I really know nothing about. Um, I feel like that space is an echo chamber and the people who are super excited about it it's like they're selling the idea to other people who know what the fuck they're talking about. And I wanted to say to this guy, dude, explain this like a human. And maybe I might, I don't know, I might agree with you, but if I, I at least I'll know what you're talking about. 
And I think like, you know, selling an idea 101 is like being able to explain it to somebody who doesn't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, so what I want us to do is like, I want us to actually talk about like this idea of like recruiters, again, being scrappy content creators and at the same time needing to do their job. Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's, um, let's get into that. Before we do, I want to say to Web3 guy, recruiters have been dying ever since a new platform came along in the history of ever. So when job boards came along, recruiters were dead. When LinkedIn came along, recruiters were dead. And actually, I think what's happened recently is over the last maybe you know, five, 10 years or something is that having access to people means shit now, doesn't it? Mm. having access to people means nothing the engagement is the challenge and that's been the thing over the last certainly over five six years that that, that i've noticed anyway um anyway let's dive into the tactics so how does a recruiter today split their time between doing their job the conventional role the cold outbound crap and start to get into my, <laughs> and start to get into more of the uh, the recruitment marketing side. Where do you want to kick off with this? Because I've got a nice easy uh, one. I want to talk about referrals. Um, I think oh. it's like I'd like. I know we we speak about referrals a lot, but I think like even in today's world, it's becoming more important than ever. Um, referrals is a lever that you can pull tomorrow um, to add more more depth to the current referral program, and so. We, um, we're working on a project at the moment where we're basically going to ask all of our people to join a creator program. They're going to get their own unique link and they're going to start publishing content on whichever platform they want. And it's going to be attributed back to the link. And for every, any, any clicks that they drive or any applications that they drive through, they're going to get rewards and they're going to be put onto a leaderboard and they're going to start generating attention that way so it's not a conventional referral program you know we've been through these concepts a million times between you and i on this podcast and through chats and stuff it's not a conventional referral program that's going to take someone from attention to hired but it's going to build the attention of the of the business and if you're looking at ways to like scale the amount of recruiters you've got it feels like the best way to start is by um by using your people to go get eyeballs so that's the first thing that we're kicking off with. And actually a really cool place for an employer brand person to start. Maybe if you're just like one person on this little island and under pressure to build brand is basically we're becoming a, a teacher in marketing to everyone in the business because you're not going to build brand on your own. Nope. So number I, one. Uh, yeah. Go what ahead. What do you think? So I do think... Uh, so I do think we need to shift the focus to, to from company to individuals. Um, the it's a for one, it's just a much lighter lift. I mean, the amount the amount of like analyzing and just like overthinking and and levels of approval that really anything needs to go through at most companies to in order for it to have a company voice 
company logo, all that kind of stuff. It's just like ridiculous. And so one is like just shifting the focus from company to people. Um, there's a, uh, there's a difference between giving your employees a voice and blah, 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 and that kind of stuff. There's a difference between like that concept and like the actual reality of one launching something like this and two, it having an, an impact. Right. Yeah. But I think just like mentally shift the focus from company to people. What you just said, and actually, uh, James Hornick said this to me too. Um, and I think that this, like the light bulb, like went on, let's call it an employer brand role, a, uh, whatever, I don't care. Uh, whatever, whatever we want to call it, a person who can run that program internally is what this should be now. It should be the person who's in charge of turning people inside the company into external content creators. And I think like that is where we got to go with this. Yeah, for sure. And that was a big moment because I noticed your pen dropped. That was the equivalent of a mic drop moment for you. <laughs> yeah, I think I tend to do that. Uh, but, but it's like, I think uh, Hirewell calls it employee, uh, employee ambassador program or something like that. I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but it's just like, it's basically like giving people the freedom and the guidelines and like the, the resources and support to like post shit online. That's like what it comes down to. Yeah, or, or <clears throat> anywhere, anywhere. Just, just like you say, it doesn't have to be, you know, we talk a lot about the feed and LinkedIn. Could just be in Slack communities. It could just be on Reddit. They might just be adding some commentary to wherever. Like, I guess they are ultimately just trying to connect people to the business via themselves. That's yes. it. Um, I think I think you're right. You just like uh, uh, actually, I want to stay there for a second. Um, we 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 tend to like automatically put what this looks like externally into this box of like, oh, it is somebody who is visible in some kind of social media feed. And it doesn't have to be that, you're right. It could be like, if you, if you have somebody who's like really engaged in, like you said, the Slack community or like a Reddit community or whatever, and it's like, it is somehow related to the work that you do, that's super valuable. Um, and we're talking about like multiplying this out by, by a good number of people. Um, and I think like the, the beauty of it is, is like, you don't put, you don't define what this has to look like. It's like, you know, uh, admittedly, like I've come around to this idea. I think that at a certain level, um, subject matter experts, like you have to have subject matter experts, but there's certain people in your company who need to be those people, but not everybody in your company is, is a subject matter expert or needs to be that. They could be fun, funny, creative, whatever, you know, like, because we're talking about scale. And so, you know, you might have somebody who can like dive deep on your industry or on your whatever and like be that that kind of like thought leader on a consistent basis but then you you can have 10 other people who are like 
doing fun shit online that shows like your person out the personality of your company and the personality of your team and just like makes people like you. Yeah. And, and, and recruiters can play a big part in the logistical stuff as well. Like, yes. if you, you know, if you said we're just going to create a meetup for C plus plus developers, then I'd absolutely put it within the role of the recruiter to say, look, you don't have to spend six hours a day sourcing talent, like go spend an hour a day finding guests for meetups uh, for the podcast conversation or, or, um, or go sit with marketing and we're going to teach how to distribute paid campaigns via Facebook to go and attract an audience for the meetup that we're running next week. You know, we don't have to be in this bloody box all the time of sourcing. And I, I'd, the, it's pissing me off at the moment. Like you know, I'm speaking to more and more recruiters who are just feeling so burnt out and tired with the whole process. Like just genuinely like fed up with having to do this continuous 360 role where they're constantly just looking for people. Have any idea how boring that is? It's yeah. fucking depressing, mate. You sat there on LinkedIn or whichever, insert whichever platform here, and you're running Boolean searches all bloody day to find people. I spoke to someone this morning who's like, um, two, three hours into a working day. And she's like, oh, I've sent out, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you've called because I've just sent out 150 in-mails on LinkedIn and I've already had 25 people come back and say not interested. It's like, do you, do you have any level of understanding like from a wider business perspective? I'm talking to leadership teams here, HR directors specifically, heads of people, the people that own this strategy. Do you have any idea how boring and demoralizing that job is. Mm. Yeah. It's just as tedious as it gets. And I'm not even sure it's burnout, Nate. I just think the board, like these people are just going through the same motion every single day. Um, sorry, I'll get off the high horse. No, it's... Uh, I think you're calling out something important because um, the... Here, here, let, let, I'll, I'll tell you like a like personal story. We, when I first started um, posting on LinkedIn, the reason that I was able to do it was because it, it was actually part of my job. Yeah. Like we just, you know, and, and we decided as a company, Grant, we're small, we were a small company under, under, you know, fewer than 10 team members at the time. But like, but we decided that it was going to be an experiment we were going to run and that I was going to be the one to run it. And, Everybody said, we know that you will be spending time doing this. And we like, they gave me permission to know that like taking time to write my post, posting it, replying to the comments, finding other posts to engage in. So people started recognizing my name, all that kind of stuff takes time, but it was, but it became part of my job that everybody in the company knew was valuable, even if it wasn't producing even if, if for the first month or two, my posts were getting three likes or five likes or something like that, everybody knew like, hey, we're committed to this being running this experiment and getting some feedback. And so the time you're allocating to that is worth it. Um, and I think like this has to become, this has to become part of the role. It, it can no longer be this nice to have on the side or, or it can no longer be the one recruiter 
who is like, who just has this in them, who wants to do it on their own and is doing it in their free time. This has to be like company wide. We believe in this. We, our expectations are clearly managed. We don't expect you to go viral or be this big influencer or anything like that. We just know that like we, we trust you. We want to give you autonomy. We know you have a, a personality and things you care about. And we want to give you the resources and the platforms to be able to express yourself. Who wants in? And if you get 20 people at your company or 200 people at your company or something, like you have just done something that the vast majority of companies are unable to pull off. And you will undoubtedly get attention and steal attention from other companies who, who just like aren't willing to do this. But it fucking, it, it, I gotta say it again, it has to be part of somebody's role. They need to be able to spend time doing this while they're getting paid by your company. Yeah. And, it, and you know what's really exciting for me on this is that just go back to that that thing that we said at the start where where the employer brand person is their own little island right now. If they've got a team, one employer brand person, and they've got five recruiters, just hypothetically, sure. tomorrow tomorrow that employer brand person couldn't launch um, a meetups initiatives, a podcast launch going after personal brands from senior leadership team, relaunching a referral program, taking that content approach, launching um, research within the business from people and how they, how they feel about the company, how they found it, how they discovered, why they moved, why they stayed, all that sort of stuff. But if you've got a team of five recruiters, you could split that up very, very quickly from like, what, within a week and say, hey, you're on the hook for this. Now, this is part of your responsibility Nate, you're running meetups. Nathan, you're doing the podcast. James, you're doing the personal brand stuff with our leadership team. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to teach you how to do it. But the only way the EB person can do that is by having these little distribution channels of people, almost like the conventional yeah. trade-only supplier of goods, right? You, you become that distributor of, of knowledge. And then the recruiters take that to market. Um, I think that's the quickest way to get started. I think it's the quickest way to get out of this sort of strategic um, mindset where you don't get anything done because you, 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 you're worried too much about what the next step is and what's the next stage of your process and you've not overthought, you've not thought about every single element of this. So I think the quickest way to do it is just by distributing this up across the team, giving the recruiters more autonomy and more purpose and actually um, getting going very, very quickly. Yeah, and I think the new, the new employer brand role or the new role, I don't even know if we need to call, I don't think it should be called an employer, whatever. But, but like what that needs to turn into is, is a person, person whose job is to get individuals in the company creating external value. Well, I, because I don't know if like, you know, whether that's content or it's like participation in groups or it's like maybe being a support a, you know, to another team member who wants to do it. You know what ends up happening too is like as you create a culture like this, um, employees start teaming up with each other and creating stuff. They start like spinning up their own shows and they start doing like you know stuff together because it's because it's actually really fun and they start seeing results and it just like 
it's like this whole flywheel effect. It's uh, it's super cool to see. You see it at like very few companies, but you do see it, and it, and it actually happens. But this is where, like, you look at the next the next generation of workforce coming into play now, or that already in the in in your business. It's like we're more comfortable than ever with creating content. Like we're more comfortable yeah. than ever with distribution. Um, and and there's really a lack of fear now, isn't there? You know, when you look at emerging platforms, it's not really emerging, it's it's there. I mean, it's it's popular as hell. When you look at platforms like TikTok and you see some of the content people put out there, um, <clears throat> you know, there's 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 no fear anymore to to become no. that, to expose yeah. yourself. And and uh, and so I think companies could do well to jump on that like now and 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 use this momentum because it will catch up. Like there will be a point where more and more companies are doing this, whether it's another decade away or whatever, but you've got a chance to get yourself a, a bit of a head start right now. And uh, yeah, you should get moving with it. But um, Nate, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we just exhausted this one. Yeah, same. Cool. Enjoyed it. As always, we will be back next week for... Uh, episode 15 and we should probably speak about doing a live at some stage as well um because our last live attempt went badly badly wrong but we're still here nothing nothing uh no one died we just had some some technological issues exactly but we're still here we're still fighting so we'll talk about doing the next live session as well because it'd be cool to get some questions but nate it's been a pleasure all right brother see See you soon soon. Bye. bye bye